Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathbun. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part of making movies. And our guest star, oh, a star, our guest star today. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> is Chris Taylor. Hi. Do you want me to say what I am? Yes. I am a wonderful human being. Yes, you are. And sometimes writer of things. So the two are I wrote today. Actually, no, actually, and I wrote a little bit today. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. oh Like a paragraph, but still, it's something. Hey. So. Hey, the, the Beetlejuice guy or woman was a guy or woman? It was a guy. Scarin. Um, Warren Scarin started with a paragraph. Mm. It all begins. Well, technically, with everything begins with a paragraph. Well, it actually begins or with a word. A word. But... Actually, it begins with a capital letter mm. Mm. or a throat clear. <laughs> and on that note, let's get started <laughs> on minute six. Yes. So. so uh, this goes from Barbara's sad reaction at the mention of a family and goes all the way through them getting into the car. Yes. Who indeed. wants to start? Yeah, so it begins with, uh, well, we just first see the uh, the inklings of Adam's music obsession uh, with Harry Belafonte through this one with uh, a man smart, woman smarter. And I love that because it's a cassette tape, which in this particular movie is not vintage. The 80s? It's the 90s, isn't it? No, it's no, this is definitely 88. 89? 88. 88. 88. Mm-hmm. Still not vintage. Well. Cassette no, tapes are not vintage. I was buying cassette tapes up until like 1995 or yeah. 6, 96, yeah. no, 97. And, 97. I don't know what this is. I know it's Calypso music, but for some reason it reminds me of the really cool soundtrack from Ghost World. Does that remind you? Anyone else? I have actually never seen Ghost World. <gasps> oh, well, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so, uh, a little bit, yeah. The, I've seen uh, Ghost Town, but that's not the same totally thing. Totally different. I have not seen Ghost Town. <laughs> different soundtrack. We've all seen Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, it's not the ghost with the most, though. Mm-mm. It's just... Disgust. 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 Anyway, uh, well, the um, in the script it actually has uh, Barbara talking about uh, Barbara. Barbara frowns at the music choice and says, "Oh, honey, you said no ink spots on this vacation." And I looked up ink spots are kind of like a platters sort of group. So uh, yeah, the original idea behind the music was very different. And apparently, it was Jeffrey Jones and. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, who suggested Calypso for the dinner scene later on, which they then backtracked to the rest of the movie, which is how Harry Belafonte got. Oh, that's really cool. So, do any of you guys have a shop this neat and tidy? Because when I first looked at it, it was kind of cluttered, but then I noticed everything's like hanging on pegboards. Everything's like very neat and tidy. But I mean, considering that he does like the model stuff, you would want to probably keep that tidy because that stuff could disappear Mm. amongst like. You know, having crap out, it, it could go bad fast. So, yeah, you probably do want to have things kind of. But I, I've never had like a shop like that, period, because I've never done anything like that. Don't you help your girlfriend uh, build IKEA furniture? <laughs> hmm? Oh, yeah, I, I do. I build IKEA furniture, which does not require a uh, an Allen wrench, like I was led to believe, which <gasps> cool. I know we've been My lied to is, by yeah. pop culture. Uh. 
Does no. it require a plaid shirt? It, it could, but it's <laughs> the middle of summer here, so yeah. that'd be really hot. Yeah. But speaking of his, his plaid or flannel black and white shirt, that's one of the things I like is that this was before like Tim Burton really had become, you know, Tim Burton. And so like you you, you could look at some of the stylistic choices in it and you're like nowadays you're like, Oh, that's Tim Burton. For instance, like his outfit is a black and white flannel shirt with a red undershirt and black, white, and red. Those are Tim Burton's colors. That's like his color palette for everything. Everything. <laughs> like even Ed well no, there's no red in Ed Wood, but oh. there would be if it wasn't it's understood black and white. Red. Yes. It's understood red. Um but it's funny because I saw that shirt, that exact shirt at J.C. Penney's. So, like, it's a timeless outfit, and I almost bought it because I liked it. Because <laughs> you were watching Beetlejuice. But I was watching. <laughs> like, I could dress up like Adam for Halloween. I could be modern day Adam. Wait, but he's a ghost, so he wouldn't age. So, yeah. Good point. Good point. Yep. <laughs> I thought we had a well, moment. Well, is, is Gina Davis's outfit roughly... Or is it very 80s <laughs> I think that's more of like florals. the Walton's age. <laughs> yes. It is a very odd looking. Because florals, unlike, you know, uh, kind of come and go in female fashion, and they're not currently in vogue. So you would be called out in a New York minute if or you a, wore that. A West, a West Corner, which is there is filmed. Yeah. <laughs> a Connecticut. A Connecticut minute. It's okay. Flannel is forever, though. So it snows in Connecticut, right? I believe. So am I mistaken in thinking that they have snowshoes in their shop? Because I saw some weird, almost like a tennis, I say weird because I'm from the South, some weird tennis racket looking things, but they had straps over them and they were hanging on oh, the yeah, right hand side of it. Is that? Those oh, are and snowshoes, his little, his little basement workshop? Yeah, those are oh, snowshoes. Oh, I didn't notice them, but yeah, those probably would be. And yeah, so. up north, yeah, they're probably snow, you know. Whenever it's snow time. In Connecticut. <laughs> In Connecticut. <laughs> Notice I have not said a poor word about Jane this time. Uh, yes. All that out the last time. <laughs> well, again, even, you know, she's going back and, and going after him now with yeah. the whole... And just think, but but if if she wouldn't have been there, he would have noticed that he needed that tongue oil because in the scene he, he wants to go to the store to pick up some a new brush for the tongue oil and a piece for the model, which I still want to know what piece it was that he had to pick up because it looked pretty big and interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just fascinated by that model. But if he wouldn't have paused to shoo her off, which did you hear what she said whenever she he first pulls up the blind and she sees him? Boo. boo. She says boo. Yep. yep foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but if, if she wouldn't have been there to harass him, they would have gone to town and everything a couple seconds earlier, and maybe never would have died. Yeah, or, so, or so even dumb. well, it's also his because he asks Jane to come along. Wait, oh, ask Barbara. Barbara to come along. Barbara. But <laughs> even then, even then, if he would have taken that couple seconds to say, but of course, then you could be like, oh, if he didn't put on the tape first or anything like that. I'm, I'm just trying to. It's Jane's <laughs> fault. I'm trying to say it's, it's all, all Jane's, Jane's fault. fault. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you're a real estate agent, don't bother people who do not want to sell their houses, especially at 6:45 in the morning. <laughs> and apparently, in the script, after he closes the shutters on her, she exits jauntily. So I mean, yeah, I could see that. She seemed like her. a pretty peppy person. Um, Anybody who wakes up at 6.45 in Peppy is not welcome in my house. Yeah. 
<laughs> to write like an apology letter to this actress, just be like, "Hey, <laughs> so I griped about you so much in Beetlejuice. She did a good job, though. and then but I, I don't yeah, think you're supposed to a, hate the character. Yeah. I think you're supposed to find her annoying. She's and probably I'm, the sweetest woman in the world. She's probably crying in her Cheerios right she, now. I, I, I will, I will write her a letter. She'll actually be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll be like, you'll see whenever it's published. Uh, <laughs> Listen to this. I'll plug it. <laughs> She'll write about it on her Twitter account. That'll be amazing. <laughs> um, so, are we out of the house yet? Because uh, yeah, well, we 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 uh, they basically get in the car as uh, they they. Jauntily go down the steps. They do quite jauntily. <laughs> Everyone's very. They're happy. They're, yes, they're very happy. It's they're very alive. Ooh. <laughs> it's very upbeat. And I mean, actually, if you, you say that in a lot of Tim Burton stuff, unless he straight out goes for like, you know, whatever he does, do like grim things. Like Sweet Todd, everybody's got to be grim. But mm. if there's an opportunity for a person to be upbeat and in a good mood, they're in a really good mood in his stuff. He likes that. Hey. They're staycationing, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're going to try for another family, quote, quote, try, mm-hmm. quote. Maybe. I mean, yeah. why not be happy? No one to interrupt them, except for the annoying real estate agent. <laughs> Trying to sell their home from under them. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, speaking of the house on a hill, how many movie houses are there like that on a hill besides the Bates Motel? I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> like the Bates home? I was oh, wondering if the Bates home, the... Adam's family. Notice how all of Beetlejuice... Monsters was in a neighborhood. Yeah, so. so that's three movies right there. We did not count any of the monsters. No, we count, we count Beetlejuice movies. in movies. Oh, movies. Notice how they're all kind of spooky-ish, or was Casper's? Uh, Casper's was yeah, was it was out. near a cliff. It was cliff. Yeah, that's it right. was, but yeah, it was still up high by itself. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's a trope now? That if it's going to be a slightly spooky-ish house or gothic story, it's going to be a house on a hill. Well, I mean, or, it kind of goes the back. house on haunted hill. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if there's a house on a hill, you're probably not going to get. Get, like your standard romantic comedy, are you? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. I mean, I, I think it just comes down to like having that isolation is what does it. You know, even like even in horror movies, like Scream, the house was the opening sequence. The house was in the middle of the country for no reason. Mm-hmm. Strangers, same thing. Was well, it's, it's, it's harder always, for people to come to your aid as well. Yeah. So it also works, you know, logistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to separate everything from yeah society. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps up minute six. Uh, I think so. All right, well, we'll, we'll see you again tomorrow. Until next time, save us some popcorn, and we'll see you soon at the Beetlejuice Minute.